You're listening to The People's Podcast. I was honest. Was I brutally honest? Yes. But I think that that's the problem. Everybody's so scared to be honest with one another. This is JSC Radio. There's a lot of misconceptions about NASCAR. And to be honest, especially in the black community, when I told people I was coming down here, they looked at me like, wait, you're really actually doing this? It's yeah. like, yeah. And I, because I wanted to get, a, I wanted to get to know more about yeah. the sport. I've Good. never, we appreciate it. as a black man in the sport, mm-hmm. just gonna keep it real, as a black man in the sport, how, what are some of the misconceptions that we as black people have about NASCAR and how is that changing as we're, as we're going into the year 2019, 2020 and beyond? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know the exact reason why more of us are not out here um, watching. Uh, we have we have a, a ton of diversity uh, in the pit crews and, and here in behind the scenes in the offices of NASCAR and for race teams. And so there's a lot of us down here, um, but in the stands, it's kind of few and far in between, depending on what venue we go to. But it's it's loud. I mean, if you're into cars or if you're just, if you need somebody to cheer for, I mean, it's a, it's a great spectator sport. It's not to just a simple-minded, Oh, they're just driving around in circles. Well, that's the old thing they used to say. They're just yeah. driving. They're just driving just tires, tires left. left turns. Yeah, just, that's all it was. Well, we're not driving in circles because we would never go straight. And if you clearly can see, we have two long straightaways here, so it's an oval. So that's one thing you, you can add, so. you know. <laughs> and add to that. Yeah, you're listening to the People's Podcast. This is Jay. S.C. Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Hey now! My name is Jay Scott Smith, and this is the 94th episode of the People's Podcast. This is J.S.C. Radio, coming to you from Daytona Beach, Florida. Y'all thought I was joking when I said I was taking this damn show on the road. I sure as hell was not. It is a pleasure to be here. Welcome once again, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. Yes, checking in from the site of the 2019 Daytona 500, the 61st running of the Great American Race that you can check out this Sunday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern on Fox. I want to thank each and every one of you who supports this show across all the different podcast providers, including Apple Podcasts, iTunes, talking about SoundCloud and Stitcher, talking about Google Play, talking about Audio Boom, talking about the CastBox app, Player FM, TuneIn, and naturally, of course, Spotify and iHeartRadio. Want to thank y'all for supporting the Patreon page, patreon.com slash JSC Radio. Follow me on social media at J Scott Smith on the Twitter machine. That's J A Y S C O, two T's S M I T H. Same thing goes for Instagram. I am verified on Twitter. Original. I should be verified on Instagram, but I'm not. I'm on Facebook at Real J Scott Smith. Verified there too, by the way. You can follow the show at JSC Radio. And of course, you can check us out on YouTube. And then, boys, there's going to be some stuff coming from this trip on YouTube in the near future. YouTube, that's bit.ly slash JSC Tube. The link to that is also in the description of this podcast. Big up my man, Doc Gillingsworth, who produces the soundtrack for this show. Big up my man, Awesome Jones, who handles the intro cut to this show. 
And shout out to everyone over at NASCAR who has made all of this possible for this week's show. By far one of the biggest damn shows, maybe the biggest damn show we've done. And that's with all respect due to every guest I've had on this show and to every show I've done before. But this is incredible. I am checking in once again from Daytona Beach, Florida. I'm sitting in my hotel room. I've got a palm tree over my shoulder right now. And I'm down here in Florida for the Daytona 500. And I will say that just in the time I've been here. Because let me tell you about how I got down here. And yes, the entire podcast kit is here. The board, the mics, everything. Because we had to do it big. Let me tell you about how I got down here. So this whole thing came together with me coming to uh, Daytona about three months ago when I was contacted at random on the Twitter machine at J. Scott Smith by... And I'll, I'll give you her name at the end of this at the end of this thing. But she contacts me and she reaches out and she sees that I'm a writer We're doing stuff with Grio, I've done stuff for Vibe magazine, which is also the reason why I'm down here, too. But done stuff with Vibe magazine, done stuff with Grio before. And she was wondering if I was interested in covering the Daytona 500. And I'm thinking that there's got to be a catch to this. And I had to make sure that she was just not some scam artist running game on me. I'm like, no, this this young woman is legit. And she's dynamic, by the way. And she tells me about this. And I immediately, the gears just get to turning. Because those of you who know my career and know my, my run and my history, it's kind of funny how I'm down here in Florida and suddenly the accent of mine that I have, because I have a latent southern accent because my mother is from the south and everything else, the, the southern accents come out a little bit thicker. So you probably notice it a little bit more here than normal. But it's like to find out about an opportunity like this, the gears in my head get to turning because I've done major events before. I've covered everything from the World Series to the Democratic National Convention. I've been a part of an NCAA tournament. I've covered college football games, pro football games. I've done I've done everything going all the way down to high school lacrosse and high school softball all the way up to the American League Championship Series. So, I've done big shows and I've got a lot I've done a lot of NBA and I've got a lot of credentials. The opportunity to do a NASCAR race down here deep in the south right along the east coast of Florida. about Daytona is about 40, 45 minutes from Orlando. About a good three hours from Miami, which we'll be back down here later on this year for NABJ convention. And yes, you will be getting a podcast from Miami this year too. It's, the, uh, it's different down here. I've never experienced anything like a NASCAR race, so I agreed to do this. And it, I, I, I have zero regrets about coming down here. Now, the Getting down here was a little bit of a different story because this podcast, as you hear it, it will drop on Friday. And I got down here on Wednesday. But my trip down here on Wednesday was not like your typical trip because I was supposed to be here on Tuesday. But as you know, Philadelphia and the rest of the Northeast and Midwest, for that matter, has just been getting its ass kicked by winter. And the night before, I was supposed to fly out late Monday night, actually, as the as I'm supposed to just I'm, I'm getting all packed up. I'm ready to rock and roll. My flight was leaving at about 12 noon. So I was going to be able to get a full night sleep in. I was going to get to the airport probably around about 9 30 10 a.m. Because I like to show up early because, you know, TSA and everything else. And I want to take my time and ease in. I want to wake up. Might have a little coffee in the airport before we get on the flight and get get down here and get down to down to Florida and get this thing rocking. A little bit after 12 midnight. Get an alert from the airline, American Airlines. I'd love for y'all to advertise on here, but damn it, y'all got to work on these sort of things. 
American Airlines hits me up and says, we're canceling the flight. If you know that gif on Twitter of the dude from Dexter and that little surprise, that that was my face when I saw the we're canceling your flight 12 hours in advance because of a quote unquote winter storm. And at the time in Philadelphia, it was around 1220 or so a.m., it was snowing. But the thing is, it was snowing. The snow was going to eventually turn into ice overnight. But by the time you get to the morning, it's going to be rain, just a cold irritating rain, which is exactly what it was the next morning. I've been on flights that have flown out in worse conditions than what was happening in Philadelphia on Tuesday. So I lost an entire day in Philly, an entire day in Florida where the weather has been awesome. And now everything about my schedule got condensed and got changed because the next flight out was not later on on Tuesday. There wasn't like a Tuesday night flight into Daytona would have been rerouted through a stop in Charlotte and everything else. But it wasn't like I was flying straight into Daytona on Tuesday night. Oh, no, 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 no. First flight out is 5 a.m. on Wednesday morning. So guess who was on the first thing smoking out of Philly on Wednesday morning? This thing is taping on Thursday, so yesterday, but bear with me. Guess who was the first on the first thing smoking out of Philly? Ya boy. Holding on to about three hours sleep because... It being so early, I got to get up around two because, again, I like to be there early at airports because you never know what will happen. Get on this flight. I'm carrying a big bag. I've got a garment bag for some dress clothes. And I've got this entire podcast kit, which includes my board, two mics, three mics, actually. My board, three mics, my obviously the laptop, all the plugs, all the cords, all the everything, the whole shebang of bang. Because if we're going to come down here and do Daytona 500, I'm not just going to show up holding a, a mic and a, and a recorder holding a cell phone. Nah, bruh, we bring in the whole thing. I, I didn't put too much into this for a big opportunity like this to do that. So I'm carrying the big backpack. I've got the bags. I've got everything else. I'm on two flights. One of them is a decent sized plane. Another one's a little puddle jumper to fly from Charlotte to Daytona. I'm off that plane at about 945. I got my bags by 10. I got to be at the Daytona International Speedway, which is where all this stuff is going down, by 1030. So ain't no hotel stop for me, B. I'm picking up all this stuff, going over to the NASCAR racing headquarters, meeting with this lovely lady, this lovely young lady named Joanna, who has been so, who was super nice, super helpful to me, got me over to the Speedway. I get set up in this awesome room. And the first thing I see when I walk in here is this big bay window. It's called the Daytona 500 Club in this huge bay window. And the first thing I see is the center of the track, the iconic Daytona 500 track. And when I tell you that this was worth every bit of the struggle, of the stress, of the of the BS that I went through with the flight getting canceled and having to jump on a couple. It's just all this stuff. If there were ever any point where I said, you know what, man, this is worth it, it was, it was that right there. That I went through a lot of hell and it was the start of a pretty fun day because I'm instantly in there and I got to sit down and I got to get set up and immediately this week's guest main guest I should say because I talked to multiple guys Bubba Wallace comes strolling his ass right on up in there that's the voice you heard at the start of the show was Bubba Wallace Daryl Wallace Jr. his full name he is the first black driver 
in NASCAR to finish that high at the Daytona 500. He was the runner-up of last year's Daytona 500. I also got an opportunity to talk to the winner of the Daytona 500 from last year, Austin Dillon. And he was telling me about the experience of what it's like, not just simply racing at Daytona, but being in NASCAR. Because a lot of my listeners, a lot of y'all ain't watching NASCAR, checking for NASCAR. I've only seen bits and pieces of it. I know some of the names, but I've never fully been through a race experience. Well, check that. A stock car race experience. And this has been something very new. So when I talked to Austin Dillon, last year's winner of the Daytona 500, he was telling me about what what it is about racing at a place like Daytona and what it is for people who may not have been into NASCAR at first. If you watch a race at Daytona, this is where you can develop that fandom and jump right in on NASCAR. Well, Daytona is just a, man, it's, it's, it's unlike no other race because there's so much hype leading into it. Um, and the winners before it um, have kind of created this history behind it. And I don't know what it is about this place, man. It's it's kind of mystical, the history that goes in behind it. If you look at all the wins, how the numbers tie together, um, it always has a storyline here at Daytona. Storylines are key. And um, for a first-time fan, this is a great place to to find a guy that uh, that you can latch on to because you got to have you got to find a driver that you like and um, this is a great place to, to find that person and and um, hook on to him and become a fan and he's right about that I mean and yes Daytona is considered the Super Bowl of NASCAR and people who were always the trackers of NASCAR didn't understand NASCAR kind of always looked at it as like why the hell would you have the Super Bowl at the start of the season instead of the end I can get the logic behind having a major event at the start. I almost look at it kind of in the way that you look at maybe WWF slash WWE pay-per-views, for example. Like, their biggest event of the year is ostensibly their second major pay-per-view, WrestleMania. It's technically considered the end of a cycle because they go WrestleMania to WrestleMania. But when you look at early in the year, it's kind of the same thing. The Royal Rumble is the same way. It's a big event. And... It's kind of the start of something new for Daytona. And Austin was right there. If you're jumping in at the Daytona 500, it is the type of place where, okay, I can get to know these guys and start to figure these guys out. And even though I'm kind of brand new to the sport, I will say that there's no better time to do it than right now. And plus, you find out that the Daytona 500, despite the fact it's the first race of the year, it leaves a lasting impression. Talking to Austin, he told me how he celebrated his win in the 500, his first, by the way, and uh, he found a way to permanently commemorate that big-time victory last year. It was a heck of a party, man. I, we uh, all hung out together, my team. We went to a tattoo parlor. We got <laughs> tattoos uh, of the the uh, Daytona 500 emblem uh, on our butt cheeks, so <laughs> we'll, we'll always remember that. Um, and then uh, it just kind of continued from there. Everybody wanted to have a party that we were close to. So uh, we, we had a couple of those and and things went on, moved on. But it was a good time. I mean, who among us hasn't taken the moment to remember the biggest victory of our lives and tattooed it square on our butt? I mean, why not? I mean, why why not do that? I, who, who among us is here to judge, really? But uh, <laughs> it's you know what? When you have a moment like that, you do it however you please. And he's a good dude. And so is everybody else around here from NASCAR. They've been great to me. And after I did that rack of interviews 
on Wednesday. I then go down to the track and I end up getting right on the Daytona track into a car with Michael Waltrip, the two-time winner of the Daytona 500 from 2001 and 2003. He's currently the color analyst and will be working the Daytona 500 for Fox this year. And let me tell you, that was some of the most exhilarating and scary sh- I have ever been through. Ever. I've been in some fast cars. I've driven a little fast, or at least I'd like to think so myself, since I first got my driver's license when I was 16. When I tell you, you have no idea how fast those cars are going until you're inside one of them. Imagine being in a roller coaster that's on the ground. This dude was doing between 170, 180 miles an hour around this track. Like this wasn't some pace car type of cruise around the track. This was get in there and go three quarter speed around this track. And he likes to ride tight along the wall on the outside. And there's a video of this because, of course, in 2019, there's video of everything. And that video will be going up on YouTube at some point in the next week or so. And while you may not be able to see a ton of it, you'll be able to see my facial expression and you'll be able to hear exactly what I said to him when he slowed that car down and pulled in after doing, I think it was either three or four laps. I don't know. My eyes were closed for half of it. My chest felt like it had a gigantic weight pressed down on it because of the G-forces. But if you've ever seen an auto race, whether it's a NASCAR race, Formula One, hell, if you've ever seen Fast and the Furious movies, as fast as they look like they're going, Being inside of the car is a whole new experience, man. It's been wild. And being down here in Daytona, in Florida, getting away from winter for a few days, I ain't complaining one bit. Coming up after this break, I get to talk to the man of the hour, the guy who nearly won this damn thing a year ago, Mr. Daryl Wallace Jr., better known as Bubba Wallace, as he sat and talked to me about the experience in Daytona, the new look of NASCAR and honestly NASCAR's attempts to get a lot more diversity not just behind the scenes and in the pit crews but also behind the wheel my name is Jay Scott Smith and this is the 94th episode of the People's Podcast coming to you from Daytona Beach Florida this is JSC Radio and we'll be back after this. You're listening to the People's Podcast. I was honest. Was I brutally honest? Yes. But I think that that's the problem. Everybody's so scared to be honest with one another. This is JSC Radio. WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. (laughs) Hey now, it's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of JSC Radio, which you can now hear on Stitcher Radio. 
That's right, Stitcher is radio on demand. Now you can download the free app today and it's available on iOS, Android, as well as Nook and Kendall Fire. You can take JSC Radio anywhere. The app is free. You can listen anytime, anywhere. Now, if you're wondering what Stitcher is, Stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all of your favorite shows, plus discover 40,000 news, entertainment, and sports shows, such as JSC Radio. You can create custom playlists. You can rate and review this show and others on Stitcher. Please drop a friendly review on the show. Not only is Stitcher available on all smartphones and tablets, it's also in over 4 million car dashboards. It's on demand and on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory on any of your devices. You can stream your favorite podcasts, like JSC Radio, for free on Stitcher. If you don't have the Stitcher app, simple. Go to Stitcher.com today or check out the App Store on whichever device you use. Stitcher Radio. Be sure to check it out. You're listening to the People's Podcast. And we swagger when we walk because by God we can. This is JSC Radio. If I can have your attention in the media center and up in the press box, we are now joined by the runner-up for today's 60th annual Daytona 500 here at Daytona International Speedway. And it's none other than Daryl Wallace Jr., driver of the number 43 click and close Chevrolet for Richard Petty Motorsports. Not only was Daryl the highest finishing Sunoco rookie in the race today, but he's also the highest finishing African American driver in the Great American Race. The second place finish. Besting the previous mark set by NASCAR Hall of Famer Wendell Scott in 1966. Bubba, that was a a wild race out there, wild finish. Walk through this final lap for Daytona. <laughs> Jesus Christ. talk like this. <laughs> oh. It's 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 a sensitive subject, but I'm just so emotional over where my family has been the last two years that I don't talk about it, but it's just so hard. And so having them here to support me is Pull it together, bud. Pull it together. You just finished second. It's awesome. I just try so hard to be successful at everything I do, and my family pushes me each and every day. They might not even know it, but I just want to make them proud. And second is horrible, but it's still a good day. Um, but yeah, I just I just love my family and having everybody here from my mom, my sister, my uncle, everybody here just means a lot 
Next question. Get me off this subject. Trust me, dude. I know all about that feeling of when you accomplish something huge, even if you don't recognize it at first, it all hits you and it can be kind of heavy. This is the 94th episode, episode 94 of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio checking in from Daytona Beach, Florida at the Daytona 500. Welcome back. Remember, you can watch the Daytona 500 this Sunday starting at 2.30 Eastern on Fox as we continue this very special episode coming to you from the 500. Once again, thank you for supporting the show across all the different podcast providers, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, on SoundCloud and Stitcher, on TuneIn and Audioboom and Google Play and CastBox and Player FM and Spotify and on iHeartRadio and everywhere else in between. Shout out to the man, Doc Gillensworth, for providing the soundtrack to this whole damn podcast too. Hit up the man on Twitch. He's on Twitch TV slash Illingsworth to see his video game work. And be sure to get on Illingsworks.com. Damn it. The man is everywhere. I'm everywhere, it seems now, too. And we're about to go into this interview with Bubba Wallace. But first things first, again, I want to shout out everybody at NASCAR who has helped me put so many of these things together and has been so cool and incredibly accommodating and setting your boy up on so many of these different things for not just the written piece I'm going to do for Vibe Magazine, but also for getting it together where I can do some of this cool stuff for the podcast as well. This has been unbelievable. I want to thank Jasmine Neely particularly. She's the one who hit me up about this whole thing at first, and I am just astonished at how top-notch everyone at NASCAR has been so far this week since I've gotten down here. So thank you. Damn it, thank you. And one of the main reasons I'm here is I got an opportunity to talk to the man whose voice you heard breaking down with tears of joy. His mama runs up there and hugs him after one of the biggest days of his life last year, and rightfully so. I take you now to the Daytona 500 Club and my sit-down interview with the man who made history just one year ago down here at Daytona during the Great American Race. Ladies and gentlemen, here is my sit-down interview with the one and only Daryl Wallace Jr., but you know him as Bubba. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I told you, you thought I was joking when I said I was gonna be down here at Daytona for the Daytona 500 as I'm sitting in the Daytona 500 Club looking at this amazing track. I'm kind of blown away by everything here, and I'm also blown away by having easily the biggest guest we've ever had on this podcast on JSC Radio. I'm sitting here with the man who came with an eyelash of winning last year's Daytona 500, but he's far bigger than just one race. I'm talking to Daryl Wallace Jr., but everyone else calls you Bubba, correct? Yes, sir, they do. <laughs> so where did the nickname Bubba come from before we even get started? Yeah, it came about ever since the day I was born from my sister. Um, we don't know why, but it stuck, and we've kind of taken off with it, created a brand around it, and uh, yeah, that's what... That's where you can reach me at. So for those who may not know your story, mm-hmm. how is it that you first got introduced to stock car racing? What is it that drew you here? So we, uh, my dad had bought a Harley Davidson, the guy who um, fixed it up for us. He raced go-karts out of his motorcycle shop. And uh, and he, uh, he invited us out to one race one weekend. And we were like, yeah, sure, we'll check it out. So my dad and I are sitting in the stands. And he asked me, he looks over, he's like, hey, what do you think? You want to try it out? And I'm like, sure why not so uh went out and 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 did it um and then we spent about two years in every series just 
getting better and better and move up to the next rank, move up to the next rank. And uh, next thing you know, once I was about 16, we were racing in the K&N series, which is like the feeder system into the top three national series. And uh, had really did really well there and then got an opportunity in a truck ride and then went to Xfinity and then now we're driving the 43. And the 43 is the iconic Richard Petty car. Yep. It's the... It's considered a great honor, and I know with the the history of NASCAR having Wendell Scott was the was the to date like the only African American yeah. driver to win a Cup Series race, and Richard Petty was a big supporter of his. Mm-hmm. Tell me the importance of where of well, I was going to say wearing like your like your basketball player wearing number forty three, <laughs> yeah. driving the number forty three. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of history behind it, and you know with that, if you allow it, comes a lot of pressure as well. But you have to look at you know, when majority of that history was written, and that was back when the sport first came about. And now, you know, it's fast forward years later, it's totally different ball game. Still NASCAR, still the same general idea, of course, but you know, the times have definitely changed. Uh, they were they were running 50 to 60 races a year. Oh yeah. And, um, and so now it's condensed down to 36, and you know, the competition and everything has changed. Uh, not saying that competition's harder because I can't speak for how the competition was because looking back at those races, those guys were absolute animals. So it's always good to go back and watch historic film and, and see those things and, and see either Richard Petty or David Pearson, you know, going one, two a lot. So, um, but, you know, for me, it's it's rewriting my own type of history and I just happen to be driving the 43. It, it, it all works out that way. It's funny how it works out like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. You Last year, you came pretty close to winning here in Daytona. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there is the obvious pressure of, of not just simply where, of driving the 43. I, my brain is tied yeah, into basket. Yeah. I'm tied, but also <laughs> driving the 43, and also knowing that yeah, you could stand to make some serious histories mm-hmm. being first African American driver to win Daytona 500. You come back here this year. What was the what is the experience like now as opposed to a year ago when you when you first got out here? Yeah, you can actually finally breathe this time, and you know everything else was taking in everything for the first time. It was all like new to me. I had raced here at Daytona, but never been part of the Daytona 500 and all the hype around it. I mean, it's a it's a huge event. It's, uh, you know, we start off our season with our Super Bowl. So uh, you just imagine flipping the schedule for, for football or flipping the finals for basketball and starting off like that. It's like, Wow, this is this is pretty big. So sending a rookie right, throwing a rookie right into the gauntlet. That's oh, basically, yeah. you know, and just having to adjust to that. So now I've gotten a year under my belt, had time to adjust, and now you can kind of you can't sit back and relax, but you can definitely take a deep breath before heading into every race now. Now you obviously you were on the truck series before this, mm-hmm. and you had a number of victories mm-hmm. there too. And so this was not it would not be the first time you've you've obviously won and been a part of big events right. like this. Right. But Daytona, as you mentioned, is like the Super Bowl. It yeah. is the NBA Finals, World Series, whatever one you want to name. Mm-hmm. Along with just the prep in terms of race mentally, how do you get yourself together? Because as I'm looking at this right now, I'm blown away by this, and I've yeah. been in huge football stadiums, and I've never seen anything quite yeah, like this. Yeah, no, this 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 is this overpowers everything. Um, you know, football stadiums, basketball arenas. It's this is they've done a what, what Daytona has done in the last couple of years, just outside for fan access, uh, is, is truly incredible, state of the art, and uh, it makes it feel like before. It makes it kind of brings that arena feel to it. You go in the grandstands. There's lounges and everything, and and special places you can be a part of. You know, depending on what package you get. But uh, they've done a lot of stuff to sell tickets. You know, for the Daytona 500. So 
everybody listening, be sure to get your tickets and watch and, and come out. But um, this is uh, coming through the tunnel. There's no feeling like it. It's cool. There's a lot of misconceptions about NASCAR, and to be honest, especially in the black community. When I told people I was coming down here, they looked at me like, wait, you're really actually doing this? It's yeah. like, yeah, and I, because I wanted, to get a, I wanted to get to know more about yeah. this car. I've never, we appreciate it. I've never covered anything dealing with NASCAR. I've mm -hmm. only been to a couple of parties and race weekends when I was back in Michigan, but never yeah. actually come to a race. As a black man in the sport, mm -hmm. just going to keep it real, as a black man in the sport, how, what are some of the misconceptions that we as black people have about NASCAR and how is that changing as we're as we're going into the year 2019 2020 and beyond yeah I you know I don't know the exact reason why more of us are not out here um, watching uh, we have we have a, a ton of diversity uh, in the pit crews um, and 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 here in behind the scenes in the offices of NASCAR and for race teams and so there's a lot of us down here um, but in the stands, it's kind of few and far in between, depending on what venue we go to. Um, but it's it's loud. I mean, if you're in the cars or if you're just if you need somebody to cheer for, I mean, it's a it's a great spectator sport. It's not to the to the what am I trying to say here? To just the simple minded. Oh, they're just driving around in circles. Well, that's the old thing they used to say. They're just yeah. driving. They're just driving they're just times, left. left turns. Yeah, just, that's all it was. Well, we're not driving in circles because we would never go straight. And if you clearly can see, we have two long straightaways here, so it's an oval. So that's one thing you you can Makes add. You know? <laughs> can add to that. Yeah. Um, and then once you pay attention to the strategy, you know, there's a ton of strategy that we pull. Who are they going to work with on pit road? Who are they going to draft with here? Or if we go to another race, when are they going to pit for fuel? Are they going to try to stretch it or go shallow or go short and get track position? You know, there's a lot of different strategies that go into it. Um, you know, it's it's almost like what playbook you know are they going to use for this weekend? Trying to you know relate it back to pro sports. Um, so there's a lot more to it than just driving around in circles. They just have to come out and watch and and feel it. I mean, there's there's no matter how loud the cheering section is at your local or your you know pro arena nothing, you can't hear that once you start up our cars i w i was reading something about brad doherty the uh, former cleveland cavaliers nascar owner and he's and he often got questioned when he first got into nascar he said we're well, how can you go out there and there's all those Confederate flags and everything? So, well, he says, well, do you think I would be out here if it was really that bad? Yeah. And it's the it's that idea that a lot of a lot of us are trying to shake mm -hmm. too about NASCAR is the yeah. thought of that. Yeah. Well, this just it's it's one of those sports where it, where it's not welcoming us, it's racist, all that. You've been in, you've been in this long enough to know that the, that this seat that this kind of the there's been a scene change yeah. in in NASCAR. I guess going forward, what do you see in terms of diversity, diversifying and getting more drivers? What what's going to be done to get more more of us behind the wheel out there? Because I've seen it in the pit crews yeah. and even seeing it in the ownership, but just getting yeah. it. I think, you know, for us, we just have to, you know, get our resources uh, aligned and, and just make our program better. You know, once you start winning races and, and running up front consistently every week, you get talked about more. You get put in that spotlight more. And, uh, you know, right now I'm a rookie coming up through, made some mistakes along the way. Uh, on the racetrack that have cost us some really good finishes. So we have to clean up from our performance last year, do better. And, you know, that will get the word out there. It's like, oh, we might need to go check this guy out. He seems legit, which I am legit. I'm well, trying, obviously, you know, yeah. yeah. You, Appreciate <laughs> you, it. You almost, won, you almost won this thing last well, year. That's, that's the, that, was, yeah. that, was, that was a big deal. Yeah, it was. And I think, you know, you look at stats and, 
you know, a lot of us, a lot of us look at stats, and I'll look at, um, you know, it's like I, I've heard a little bit about this team, and what's their stat? What's their? Oh, they're, you know, they have more losses and wins. It's like, oh, okay, I don't know if they're very good, and it's like, eh, you know, I'm, I'm a victim of that, and I don't know if other people are a victim of that as well. Oh, well, well, Bubba finished second in the 500, and then, and then he really didn't do anything else. So, eh, he's not, you know, he's not like a guy that's winning every week, and it's like doesn't really work like that in this sport right you know, there's a lot more variables that go into it um so it's it's all about how we can do better of getting the messages out there um but we got a lot of work to do on both ends bubba wallace i appreciate you coming in here taking the time to talk to me it's an absolute pleasure yeah, and you, looking forward to seeing you out here on sunday during the 500 man congratulations on last year and good luck to everything this year thank you man appreciate it and there you have it but before i go of course, I want to thank Bubba Wallace for sitting down and talking to me during Daytona 500 Media Day. Absolutely incredible. The whole thing was incredible. It's awesome. And he was a good dude. He's very refreshing, very open, very honest, real down-to-earth cat. And I really appreciate him taking the time to talk to me for JSC Radio. And in the midst of this entire scrum that the Media Day at the Daytona 500 is, I also got an opportunity to talk to Kyle Busch, the 2015 NASCAR, what was then the Sprint Cup, is now the Monster Energy, but the Sprint Cup champion in 2015, got a chance to talk to him for a few minutes as well, and he's going to be a part of the piece I did in Vibe Magazine, but I couldn't help but close this show by talking to him about his love for one particular video game, which is, of course, a huge fan favorite around these parts in JSC Radio. That's right. Who else but a champion auto racer? to talk about Super Mario Kart and get ready to shut this thing down. There's no way on a show that has the Mario Kart results theme as its finish. <laughs> talk to somebody who... You do? Oh, yes, sir, I do. All and right. it's the... I'm I'm a huge... I, I mean, Yoshi's always my guy. Yoshi's uh, always Yo, my guy. Yoshi, Yoshi's my dude. I, yes. I have to... Yes. And you did this really cool video for your son Yeah. Uh, that was circled around Mario Kart. Tell, tell people about that. So a buddy of mine, he um, he made these drift trikes. They're like a big... Uh, a big wheel and they had plastic tires on the back but they were motorized and you could spin them out you could drift with them whatever so I asked him I'm like hey can we make these into four wheel version and make it look like a Mario Kart like you know kind of squished the tires are kind of tighter closer together whatever he's like yeah we can do that I think it's a pretty good idea he's like what do you want it for I was like I don't know just to have four of them for family and friends we'll just play around on them and stuff you know so um, as he sent me the first shot of one of them being built I was like Oh, we gotta theme these things. Oh yeah. Like, I need a red one for Mario. I need a green one for Yoshi. <laughs> I need a, a, a brown one for Donkey Kong. You know, so we were we were all into it then, and uh, we left the fourth one for me. Like it's branded Rowdy, you know, just as my character. But um, so we did a video. Um, when I got these cards, I was like, damn, we we need to do a video. I bought all the <laughs> costumes for my guys to wear, and we made the video. And um, you know, it's been it was really awesome. My son and I were. Big Mario Kart fans. We love playing Mario Kart. In fact, he's been getting more into it. He's only three and a half, and he's been getting more into it and playing with it. So he was like, hey, it'd be cool if you were in the game. And I was like, well, we can make a real-life one. We can make that happen. Absolutely. We did it. And, um, you know, the the video editing took about a week to do, but it turned out awesome. And and Brexton now, he asks me every day. He's like, hey, show me the Mario Kart video where you win. (laughs) So uh, I show him the the video from from Twitter and everything, and uh, it's pretty awesome. You knew. If he's going to talk about Mario Kart, considering the song that shuts this damn show down every week, you already knew what was happening. My name is J. Scott Smith. 
telling you to take care of yourself. God bless. Always dare to be different. Always have your pets spayed or neutered. And we are out of here. One more time to NASCAR. Thank you so much for everything you've done to help me out this week, to be so accommodating, to be so great. And most importantly, to allow this show to broaden a few more horizons. Remember the Daytona 500 this Sunday, 2.30 p.m. Eastern on Fox, the 61st running of the Great American Race. Meanwhile, this is just the Great American Podcast. And until next time, goodbye, everybody. Bubba, that was a, a wild race out there. Wild finish. Walk through this final lap. Stay Daytona. Jesus Christ. You're listening to the People's Podcast. I was honest. Was I brutally honest? Yes. But I think that that's the problem. Everybody's so scared to be honest with one another. This is JSC Radio. about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded. I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online for like a year. She couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand. I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head. She killed herself. And later killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.